Good afternoon. I am glad the Lord has given us the opportunity to share again His Word. And our devotional today is entitled Relational Requirement. True Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. One can easily think he is a Christian by joining a church through friends. Come to the altar for prayer as encouraged by friends, even being baptized. No man has the right to judge another whether the other person has only religion, not relationship with Jesus Christ. Much more, you yourself may just have the religion, but not the relationship that brings about rebirth into the kingdom of God. With this, I will draw your attention to John chapter 3, 1-7. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So you notice here, a ruler of the Jews. That means he belonged to Judaism, the only religion at that time that worshipped the true God. And he was one of the leaders. He really had religion, he being a Pharisee. Now the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's the first condition. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. With this expression, born of water, many think this is baptism. If left alone, that verse alone, that could be a possibility. But no, verse 6 defines it. Jesus defined it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to thee, ye must be born again. Except a man be born of the water. Why? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So when a baby is born, the water bag is broken. That is born of water. And then be born of the Spirit is being born again. So definitely in verse 3, it is unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then much more in verse 5, unless he's born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. One is only to see. When he's born again, then he'll realize, wow, the kingdom of God is a relationship, not a religion. And when he's born again, unless he's born again, he cannot even enter into the kingdom of God. So definitely, 
What is to be born again? To be born of the flesh is flesh, and born of the spirit is spirit. Now this is further defined in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as receive him, to them gave he the power, authority, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will, nor, not of the will of man, but of God. So here is our word, action, for us as sinners, receiving him. So we come to Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 8 to 10. What does it mean to receive? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So when we preach the gospel, it, it delivers the word of faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So, what is it to confess with your mouth? It is not to confess the sins. If you can confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And that happens in, think of a myriad ceremony. It's not all the decoration, it's not all the uh, activity, even the special clothes, no. Only after this can the minister or priest say, I pronounce you man and wife. That even both of them will say, I do, just two words. And so we have to confess, declare that Jesus is the Lord and God of our life. And then it says, Believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. Did he die naturally? No. He was crucified on the cross of Calvary for our sins. He loved us so much that he gave his life to be our Savior, our Redeemer. And so we have to believe in our heart. And that is why at the wedding, we see two lovers are married. And both will say, I do. Hallelujah. So, entering in the kingdom of God is both parties. Says, I do. In this case, Jesus said, I do at the cross of Calvary. And we say, I do when we accept, recognize Jesus is our Lord. Who? The one who died for us because he loved us to be the redemption. Hallelujah. And so, he comes in verse, verses 16 and 17, still of Romans chapter 1. Paul wrote, under direction of the Holy Spirit, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So even in these two verses, you see here, believeth in verse 16 is a synonym for faith in verse 17. So we believe in our heart and confess in our faith that the one who is now our Lord 
God and King is our Redeemer who died for us and rose again. He's not dead, He rose again. So in Matthew 11:29 and 30, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now there are pictures of two horses or two cows that share the same yoke to pull a load, pull plows, cart, or carriage. Much better in a large airplane, there is the pilot and the co-pilot. Jesus is the pilot. We are just the co-pilot. We are yoked to Jesus as a husband and wife are yoked together in love, willing to serve and sacrifice with joy. In 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, it put it this way, Coming to Him, that's Jesus, as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God, and precious you also as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and as we realize that He is Lord, the main King, the foundation, we as living stones are built up into a spiritual house. We are shaped into His character. Being yoked to Jesus is a picture of a tight relationship with Jesus, letting Him lead the way and keeping pace with Him. Consequently, we'll become like Jesus, the chief cornerstone. Now that is not enough. We have to deepen our relationship with Christ. Jesus said in John 7, 37 and 38, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Thirsting is a very powerful word that describes intense desire to be refreshed. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. It is not a desire for popularity, power, or possessions, but because of love from God, believers thirst for more and more desire to respond to the Lord. The picture here is As we grow in our love to God, then we learn more of His love to us. We open up more and more. Now, 1 John chapter 4, 16 and to 19. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect or more mature, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because he is so we are in the world there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love we have loved him because he first loved us our intimacy with Jesus is in response to his love for us if he truly resides in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5.5, we read, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. 
since the Holy Spirit is God's seal upon us. In Ephesians 1:13 and 14, by residing in every believer, John 14:16 and 17. So, how is that accomplished? As we now deepen our love in Him, it is not sporadic. In today, out tomorrow. Here's described in John 15:1 to 11. Jesus said, "I am the vine, and my Father is the husbandman, the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away; and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it or trims it, that it may bring forth more fruit." This picture I saw in Delano. There in the grape farms. Here were men who were trimming the vines. And then I understood the more the grape vines were trimmed, they were expecting more fruits. And came for harvest a few months later, Pastor Steve Gusri invited us to come and visit him. And after that fellowship that Sunday morning, when we were ready to leave, He gave us not one box, but eight boxes, of filled with grapes. Why? They had super abundance, and the farmers were giving Pastor Steve so many boxes of grapes that in his place where he was staying, he showed a, a mountain of grapes. He could not eat all of them, so he gave us eight boxes. And of course, we couldn't eat all of them. We shared it with friends and relatives. Now, in verse three, now we are clean to the word which he, God has spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, nor more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But if he abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein. Is the Father glorified that ye bear much fruit? So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. What a wonderful picture! You don't cut a branch and reconnect. Cut it again and reconnect. And so many times, this appears like the picture of many Christians. Sundays they connect with Jesus, then the rest of the week they're disconnected. It's with the world of pleasure, of treasure, and having a good time. And as one person said, it a teenager, why is it wrong? To seek for fun in life, and instead of reading the Bible and praying, looking for things that classified as having fun, 
No, we are now the branches. And if branches, he says here, ye are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. Thank God the word is being preached when we go to church. But that is not enough. Like meals we eat every day and much more. We want to feed on God's word. And going back, that is where the thirst comes in. We want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We seek for more. Why? Because like the vine, the branch cannot drop the sap from, or rather the branch cannot draw sap from the vine. He has to be connected. And so you wonder sometimes, why is the Christian life? It's boring. I am not fruitful. I don't have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, goodness, temperance. I'm irritable. I, have, I cannot get along with other people. I don't have enough love. It's so shallow. I only love people who love me first. No, it's different. When the love of God flows into you, by our connection to divine, and that is Jesus Christ, then the love, the fruit of the Spirit, will come be manifested in our lives. So as conclusion, we refer to Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Because straight or narrow is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So how is that exemplified? In Matthew 19, 23 and 24. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. We as Gentiles may not easily understand this, but many of you have heard other preachers already explain this. What is the eye of a needle? Not a real needle, but it's a gate in entrance into Jerusalem that when the camels come in, uh, ready to get in to that gate or that door, into the, through the walls of Jerusalem, they have to unburden everything at the back of the camel. And then you go in and they bring their things in. So the rich man is overloaded with treasures and pleasures, have a hard time entering into the kingdom of God. Why? These things are holding him from going in. And therefore, he is not fruitful. And most likely, he belongs outside. He remains outside. So really, it is not religion, but a relationship with Jesus Christ. When he becomes our Lord, our God and King, in every area of our life, constantly, every day. There's a hymn that goes this way. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave. A peace that it cannot take away. Though the trials of life 
may surround like a cloud, but I peace that I cumber to stay. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never will leave us. He is constantly with us, so we constantly be with Him. What a wonderful relationship with the one who first loved us, and we can respond with love. Why? It's exciting. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, in an atmosphere and harmonious relationship in love. God bless you with His love and enjoy His love. Amen.